Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 325. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me. Not Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I hate that dude. Who is uh, currently playing against our Vegas Golden Knights. And yes, every time I hear he his name. He played very well. He played very Cole well. Cole Caulfield. It sounds a lot like <laughs> Cole Coffee. Uh, but we're not cheering for him because he's on the nah. other side of the puck against our VGK, Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, Cole Coffee is with me. Now, listen, that, that beautiful sound you hear in the background, that just light little rumble that's going on. <laughs> not quite as loud as last week in, in mm -hmm. Phoenix, but a little bit of things going on. You know what that is? That is the gorgeous sounds of Buffalo Wild Wings at Warm Springs and Durango. That's right, the spiritual birthplace of the MMA Roadshow, the place that played host to us for so long and that uh, we have not been able to go to for so long. Quite some time. But the world is opening back up, and that means that we actually got cold coffee to step outside the palatial <laughs> grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee and head on down here to they, Warm Springs and Durango. The staff tried to tell me to stay home. They were like, sir, sir, no, it's way too hot outside. Stay inside. Should we make you a pina colada and, 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 and prep your chairs by the pool? <laughs> and I said, no, I should do this. I should do this. I'm sure the whole staff is just lost without you right now, back you in know, the palatial grounds. They're just kind of milling just, around with I, nothing to do. I think they just sit there and stare out the window until <laughs> I get back. It's, it's quite... It's, I, feel, I feel really bad for him. At least we are inside and not sitting outside on the patio, which we used to do from yeah, time to time. We uh, would. We would sit outside. but uh, You can't do that right now. You touched on it. It's hot. Look, it's I'm, hot. Just, I'm just going to come out and say it's it because hot. if you've ever listened to the MA Roadshow, you know that myself and Cold Coffee, we're proponents of Las Vegas. We, we are proud Las Vegas residents, and we, we like to tout the wonderful things about this city, the, the attractions that are available, the entertainment that you can the deal food, with. The food, the dining. The food, it's amazing. The we, we talked to you about the fact that you never have to shovel snow, which we both had to do that at one point or another yes. in our lives. We don't miss it one bit. And so we, we like to paint all the beautiful things that Las Vegas does present to you. But let me tell you right now, today is one of those days where you go, why the hell do I live in the desert? It's 115 <laughs> degrees outside. Uh, fortunately, this is this is not the way it is all summer. We are definitely in peak. I mean, we're talking about like record heat levels. In Celsius, forty-six Celsius. Don't know what that means, but I know it's hot. It means hot. It, it means, means hot. hot. So uh, I, I will say that there are times of the year, you know, July and August. I, I know that's when the kids are out of school, and that's when people plan their summer vacations. And I'm not saying you can't come here during the summer. You can. Yeah, it's something to do. You know, I would advise against it. It's hot. I mean, you just got to gotta do it smart. I mean, if you're going to be trying to, like, walk the strip, this isn't the time to do no, it. You know, no, no, no. you can save that for the evening. Find something indoor. There's water parks. You can go out to Lake Mead. You can go up into the hills, uh, uh, you know, go up to Red Rock. Go to some places with elevation. Oh, Mount yeah. Charleston. So you can get up off the desert floor a little bit and get a little bit cooler air. But for the most part, during the summer, this is where you don't see people on the streets. It's too hot. And listen, it's that's just hot. solid advice any time of the year for a Vegas rookie. If you're in Vegas and you happen to be on the strip and you're like, hey, let's just walk down let's there. Walk I, can, there. I can see the building right there. Like, it's right there. Let's yeah. just walk. That's like two miles. Don't do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like two miles and the sun's hot. Don't do that. Uh, all right. Also want to bring to the table, uh, you know, not to 
try to elicit any sympathy or anything from me, but I think I just need to explain it to you. I'm kind of I'm kind of coming in here with an injury today. I'm not 100%. Uh-oh. Uh, well, I don't know if I'd really call it an injury, but I just want to let you know I have a condition. My left eye has been watering nonstop for the last two hours. Uh, so if I'm looking at you with one eye closed, I promise I haven't had that many frosty beverages yet. Uh, if you see some some tears running down my eye, don't worry. You haven't made me emotional. It's not that. It's just my eyes been watering. And I don't know Is if it it's allergies. I don't know if it's allergies. It's got to be allergies. Or I don't know if I got some uh, suntan. Uh, sun blocker in my in my face. I was uh, my my well, kids my kids soccer. Ca- well, it is kind of burning uh, a little bit. Well, and maybe you did. And the thing is, like, I, I kind of rub it a little bit, but I had also rubbed in the stuff on my skin because oh, yeah. my my kids got shit in your eye. Then. Yeah, I, I I think basically I just rubbed. You could be going blind right now. Yes, yes. My okay. left. I'm I might be Michael Bisping soon. I'm just saying. Ooh. So I might be I might be morphing into Michael Bisping right here in front of your eyes. Take your eyeball out. <laughs> I'm not to that point yet, but I'm getting pretty close. If if it would make this damn eye stop watering, I might I, I might That's funny. I might uh Have I might to, go for that. Like just wash water out of it or you you're afraid your hands will just reintroduce more back in there or something. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. That sounds like a very wise idea. <laughs> and, and that sounds like a like like something, like a, something a smart person like, would do. They, they they usually tell you to like to rinse shit out of your eyes no, to get something just, in your eye. I've just been keeping it closed and drinking cold beer. And I'm feeling, and well, if you blink enough and you, you tear up <laughs> enough, it'll wash out naturally. I will say, I do want to throw this out there. We're going to get to the fights. Uh, I do want to say this has been a cool week for me, man. Uh, my, my kid has been in soccer camp. My kid is starting soccer. Uh, I know for a lot of Americans, I mean, a lot of Americans do play soccer, but I don't know if they keep that passion for soccer. But it is still one of my favorite sports. I love it. And uh, my kid was going to start last year, and, of course, the damn pandemic rolled around. And so we're ready to – now that the world's kind of getting back to normal and we can have team sports again, uh, we're, we're ready to start him in soccer. And we did that by uh, – there was a, a Real Madrid soccer camp. I was just looking for soccer camps, you know, and it happened to me there was one this week uh, that was a, a Real Madrid foundation. You know, it's kind of the social wing of, of, of their organization that holds camps around the country. And I was like, well, hell, if we're going to do it, let's do it up. You know what I mean? Let's have fun. And I, I just want to say I'm so proud of my kid because – I don't know if I did a good thing or a bad thing, but it feels like a good thing, but it could have been bad. I mean, you know, these kids that are in the soccer camp, like they've been playing on leagues and teams and, and all that. He's Sure. All we've done is kick a ball in the backyard from time to time, and not even, not even that that often, to be honest with you. And so kind of like forcing them into the deep end right, right yeah. from the start. But I thought it was kind of a – you know, hey, if you're going to start, like let's see what it's supposed to look like and let's get in. And I'm so proud of my kid, man. He just – it has to be a little bit intimidating, man. I mean, he's the newbie. I mean, he's the yeah. he's the day one white belt on the mats, you know, jumping in there with the sharks and uh, and 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 I mean, listen, it's clear there's some skill deficiencies. He hasn't even played before, uh, but he's going at it. So I took some vacation days this week to actually go out there and kind of spend the day with him and hang out. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm it's just uh, I'm, I'm a proud papa right now. Is what I'm saying. I guess I'm proud of him and. Man, I, I never really realized how much I would enjoy that and, and, and love that. The other day, I actually had to leave early to go to the media day. And I was kind of salty as I got in my car and drove away. I was like, I don't want to be working right now, man. Like, as much as I love MMA and as much as I, I love what we do week in and week out, uh, man, there's something kind of cool about just uh, kicking it at a practice with your kid. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, I know that's not something you're necessarily uh, – you know, have on the on the on the to do list for yourself. But no, I borrow uh, random people's kids and then we just kick a ball for a few. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. cool, see you, junior. 
and then I go the hell home, or I go to a bar and forget all about and it. That works fine, right? The mm-hmm. parents are like, "Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know this. This strange man just asked if he could play with my balls." <laughs> and, and <laughs> That's usually not how I phrase it. No, I'm sorry. I, I do. I do appreciate uh, being like the uh, the uncle to nieces and nephews and stuff. But um, that's cool that that he's doing that, you know. And uh, especially with that, you know, he's he's a tough kid. I mean, there's some sports. I mean, he seems to be. Uh, Adept at uh, you know uh, trying the different sports and right. he does pretty decent. But you know some sports they're just not gonna they're not they just not gonna be their thing. But yeah. you know uh, at least you're getting him a, a chance to try it. So I said, let, and good let, for him. Let him see it at a high level. You know, yeah, I mean it's good it for him starting on something good where it's like it's gonna challenge him, which will knowing him and wanting to do you know jujitsu tournaments and other sort of stuff. He's gonna want to be at a higher level where it's more challenged instead of just having like. An absolute novice level where he's like, you know, mom, dad, this was too easy. Like right, I'm right. bored with it. You That's know, it. He, he needs a challenge. You know, and if it works out, cool. You know, it's a it's a good little sport, and he running his little butt off. Um, but if it doesn't, kid's got 15 other fucking sports. He's oh yeah. Doing. You know, he's, oh, yeah. he's at no shortage. So it's fun. It was it was it was good. So I'm sure fellow That's parents cool. fellow parents can relate. But I had to share that. But I will the, say, when you, when you get the minivan that has the little soccer <laughs> stickers on the back, be a soccer dad, soccer dad. Uh, it's funny. We're gonna we're gonna sign him up for a team this fall for sure. But it's funny. So while I'm out there, um, I have been bringing my computer. I will say this. I've taken some days off, but I have been trying to like keep up with email and keep up with social media and that sort of thing. So I've brought my computer with me, and during breaks and lunch break, you know, I'll pop out the computer and you know answer some emails and do stuff like that. Uh, but I was there today when the press release came across that Vitor Belfort would be fighting Oscar De La Hoya in an exhibition boxing match here in Las Vegas in September. Um, did did the odd are the odd makers favoring Vitor? They did are I read that right? Favoring Vitor a little bit. That's why I wanted to bring it because we, ke- we, we keep talking about this. That's a fix. Uh, it's a fix? What? Okay, so here. All right. Let's they're just try- dig into they're tr- it. They're trying, to, they're trying to get some money, some heavy money thrown in. On De La Hoya, right? On De La Hoya. Right. Because Vitor should beat De La Hoya, right? You would think. But I mean, it still comes to a guy. I mean, it still comes to a guy. He's going into boxing. This is not an MMA, MMA fight, this I is know. a boxing fight. De La Hoya, even on his worst day, should be able to outbox. All right, so let me before Vitor. we get too far in the weeds, let me just ask you. Unless does this one intrigue you? Uh, well, okay, see, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. So here's what I want. Does this one intrigue you? Because we've been talking. Look, celebra- they all intrigue celebrity me. boxing is all yeah. the rage. And, yeah, we've been talking about. Look. But I like both characters as well. So, like, I'm, I'm, a weird, I'm weird in the sense that am I intrigued because I think I'm going to see super high-level boxing. Maybe partially you'll see glimpses from De La Hoya. But right. in terms of Vitor, Vitor is not going to bring – High-level boxing, but I like Vitor as a person. But he still packs a punch, right? He still has power. Do they? Uh, and, and I'm, I, and and I'm just, just going to throw it out there because I'm not sure. Is does drug testing apply to exhibition fights? Because I don't think it does. No, because it's not it's not commissioned, right? But so that means he'll be high on TRT and De La Hoya will be high on coke. <laughs> <laughs> so that favors Vitor, right? It should, but TRT doesn't fight for you. That's true. He just keeps you in but good Vitor's shape. What's well, the same Vitor's thing? Like Jones skills. always, Jones always said that too. When he was like, when people were talking shit about him taking stuff, he's like, steroids won't give you that that perfect head kick. Right. You know, it might make you recover well, better. Well, that's it's the old, like that's the Barry technique. Bonds argument or something, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you know, the power is there. Home run. You yeah. still got to have the hand-eye coordination. That's right. I mean, I'm intrigued because I mean, again, it's characters for me. I mean, I was intrigued by some of these other ones just because for my own reasons, where it's like, oh, you want to see somebody knock get knocked out, or you want to see. Somebody shut up for a little bit. Who doesn't want to see De La Hoya just 
eat it for a minute and just take some punishment. But yep. if he has anything, I mean, this is not a guy that was just mediocre in boxing. De La Hoya at one point was Elite level. an absolute Best fantastic world. boxer. Best in the world. He, on his worst day, unless he his body is so gone that he can't maintain um, the stamina or the, the, the cardio to kind of defend himself uh, efficiently so that Vitor wears himself out and then becomes useless, um, if he can't do that, then maybe there's something. But Vitor, I think, on his worst day can still outbox a Vitor Belfort that hasn't been working boxing for so long i would not disagree with that so here, here's the thing of course as we said before like i'm kind of I, I used to be adamantly opposed to these freak show matchups yeah. i used to be adamant we cannot allow the sanctity of the sport to be destroyed i've, I've moved on from that what sport are we talking about exactly well we're talking about boxing you're right yeah. but but i've moved on for that i guess in combat sports in general like I've, I've come to understand that there's hey there's a little bit of something for everybody you got a little market of this you got a little market of that you got you know we don't. We don't have to be embarrassed by. Or we don't have to pretend that. It, I think we can embrace it. We get now. We have to be realistic about what it is. You know what I mean? We have to say this right. is a circus. This is. I think you know. We said with Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, like this is not a competitive fight. Like, yeah. So so if we're going to come out here and be you know try to pretend to fight is worth now we're not doing our job and now we're not being yeah. fair. But if but if you're willing to call you know if you're willing to call it what it is and just say look this is free. But this is why I'm asking because this one. Kind of like I said, like uh, Jake Paul versus versus Tyron uh, Woodley, I'm a little bit more intrigued by as an actual athletic contest because yeah. of where Tyron stands. I I think I'm actually a little bit intrigued by this as an actual athletic contest because of exactly what you said. Vitor is not a professional boxer. Right. If he were to go in right now with a high-level, sharp, on-point professional boxer, he gets tuned up every single time. Yep. And, I mean, he has no disrespect to Vitor Belfort. Obviously, he has hand right. speed. He has power. He's just, but it's just it's two different sports. We've right. established that at this point. But an Oscar De La Hoya who doesn't seem to be able to control his lifestyle, you know right. what I mean, who, who seems to – I mean, who's been, who's been wearing himself pretty hard and yes. thin the last – Ten years, and I'm not just judging from that trailer broadcast. I mean, yeah. obviously, if you saw that trailer broadcast, obviously he was three sheets to the win in that one, and yeah. I'm and I'm not judging him for doing that to each his yeah. own. I was sitting right here enjoying quite a few frosty beverages, you know, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is, if he's not on point, if he's not that guy, if his reaction time has eroded, if right. his if his mental, I, I don't know if it's if it's if he doesn't train at all, if he thinks he doesn't need to train his body. Yes. Leading into this, yes, that will be his downfall. Yes, if he thinks he can just roll like if in, if he think he can roll just on his skill and what he used to be able to do, because the difference of this one than the other ones, there's no YouTuber on the other half. Right. There's no TikToker right. on the other half. You have two high-level athletes that were were super high-level at one particular point. Right. But they're two high-level combat sports people. This is not a random that's being brought in that has now taken classes and and feels that he is now a boxer. And these v are hey, these are Vitor two doesn't guys. Party. Vitor doesn't Vitor party. does not. Vitor takes good care of yep. himself, and Vitor has been pretty much on and off training for the last whatever thirty, whatever forty years of his life. Um, he's going to come in shape. The thing with him is that you know what we see a lot of these MMA guys is controlling all that energy. But if he's not doing half his stuff and he just kind of controls his pace, he should have plenty of cardio and plenty of stuff to go through this whole time. If 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 De La Hoya comes in there thinking 
I don't even need to work on my boxing, obviously. And yeah, maybe I went to the gym and I got a sweat in once or twice in the past three months. That's not going to work on this. If he does come in there and he has got himself in a decent shape, he doesn't need to worry about his striking. He's not going to need to worry about his footwork. What he needs to worry about is if he has the, the stamina to allow his, his muscle memory to show up. Because he has all that stuff in space. Yep. I mean, he could close his eyes and probably feel the vibrations on the mat and understand where his opponent is just because he's been in there so long. You know, high-level boxers, and especially the guys that make to that championship, they got some Jedi shit in them. You know, I, oh, I guarantee they could they could close their eyes. I mean, the way that they move, it's 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 a beautiful thing, and that's that's when you see the sweet science. That's the sweet you, science, right? That's, that's why they call it. You're like, oh my goodness, how is that? So there's going to be an aspect of him. He he's still De La Hoya still has the old Jedi in him, but there's been a lot of life partying on you know and doing a lot of things. So you know, it's a matter of can he bring that close enough to the surface to be able to tap into it and make it through the fight to make it work out for right. him. And that's the question mark. Out of all these weird random ones, this is maybe the biggest question mark where it, it comes to the fact of, is the guy even going to be in shape to make it through all the way? Right. Is this going to be possibly the one where the boxer is not going to have the wherewithal or the physical, right. you know, current skills it's a great to, point. to get him to the Cause, end. Because Jake Paul facing Tyron Woodley, it's kind of intriguing, but we know Jake Paul is going to show up in shape. And he's been working. He's, he's been, been working, working hard. And he's a younger dude. Floyd Mayweather yep. admitted he didn't train that much. Right. But, he, but he's I always mean, in he, shape. He didn't train that much for Connor, right. and he beat Connor. We knew a YouTuber, he doesn't need to train that much, right? He can just show up. He, like, like you said, he's a guy that takes care of himself. He's always in shape. So it's not like, oh, my yeah. God, you know, he's going to come in with a big belly and, and no no yeah. cardio or whatever. Like that, dude, that dude literally, I mean, we've watched him do – three-hour workouts with just, you know, nonstop. Barely, barely, barely breaking a sweat. So you're right about this one. This one is the one where I think it's it's kind of, I don't say the riskiest, but, yeah, like where the most question marks are around the boxer right. versus the one that's coming in the box. It's always been kind of the other way around. So yep. um, I'm intrigued by this one. And, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, in this one, in this one, I would probably. I don't want to say Vitor. I have a vested interest, but in this one, like I really do want to see Vitor win. I would love to see Vitor win. I think everybody would love to see Vitor yep. win. You know, just for the fact of he, uh, De La Hoya was so disrespectful through the Frank Mir first of the boxer. Like that was yes. a tough one where Frank Mir went in there in shape and worked his ass off and got pieced up by a boxer that was not even the. Uh, I'd have to because the he wasn't the champion that he was going to be facing, but it was still another legit That's boxer. Right. That's right. You know, this is Vitor going against a former champion, but a former champion that has been living a life uh, high on the hog, man, putting on promotions, you know, whining and dining, going and doing all sort of stuff. And I just don't know if he still has the spark to get him, his body back to where he needs to be. Right. Um because I think his life now is just very different. And I think he probably thinks I can just rest on my laurels and get through it. You know, because when it comes to the skill, I mean, he's still going to deliver better boxing punches than Vitor is. It's just a matter of can Vitor push him to a point to where at some point Oscar's be like, man, I really probably should have trained for like six months instead of six days, Yep. you know, for this fight. So, but yeah, I mean, again, for me, it's characters as well. So there's two big, huge characters full of just stories and history that 
I'm excited to see them go in there and fight more so than probably most of the other ones. Even the Anderson. So Anderson Silva's going in and fighting a legit boxer. Right. That's about to happen. Yes. Um, but his opponent isn't as storied as Oscar De La Hoya. Correct. I mean, this is a son of a legend that has worked himself out and made a life of it for himself as a boxer. This is not like fighting the legend himself. Right. Um, so this is huge in that aspect. And uh, it's actually it's kind of cool. You I know? agree. I agree. I mean, but I have no shame about it. But, again, this is a boxing match. So, I mean, there's f- f- from time to time boxing matches get put together that are actually exciting for me to watch because I watch a lot some boxing where I'm just like, this does nothing for me. Like Tyson Fury and uh, Joshua, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That excites me because of the characters. The characters are larger than life, you know. So this one, I mean, I think it's awesome. I it's think good. it's great. It's going to be an interesting weekend. September 18th here in Las Vegas, Anthony Smith fighting Ryan Spann in a UFC Fight Night event. I'm going to be real interested to see what type of uh, assignments get made on the Junkie staff. We bring yeah. some people into town. I'm sure we're going to want to cover both events, right? I mean, we got to cover the UFC. It's right to. here in the backyard. But how do you not cover How do you not cover uh, Vitor versus De La Hoya? Yeah. Don't fucking sign me up for the boxing. <laughs> I know, I'm going to be honest with Send you. Send Danny Segura to, to the boxing. I want to be honest with you. What I want to do is, uh, and by the way, I Mike did, Bond and Danny Segura, you are uh, being signed up for say, the boxing. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I did, I did already reach out to Vitor. I would like. I was like, hey, won't you? See, because we could get Vitor that's like, the thing. I want to do an interview. somewhere else. That's what I'm saying. I reached out to him. I was like, hey, won't you do yeah. interviews? Uh, let me let me know. Like, I'd love to do interviews. But we are so not like, going to deal with the boxing. No, I don't want to go. Do, I don't want to go deal with the whole. So what I really want to do is, yeah, I want to talk to Vitor. I want to get an interview. You, I want to, you know, obviously we we have a, a long I bet we history could set up together. Something with De La Hoya as well. If we if we get out in advance and just say, I don't do care about talking to De La Hoya, Danny and and, but, and Mike oh yeah. can handle that. True. I, I'm just gonna be honest. With you. I hate to say this, but yeah, I don't want to deal with it. What I want to do is I want to be on fight night on, on inside the UFC Apex with my Triller uh, pay per view pulled up in the corner of my computer, watching that. I dig it. But me not dealing with the circus. Fuck. <laughs> No. <laughs> we'll see how that all plays out uh, in the coming months. Uh, by the way, I should say, if you if you like what you're hearing, we certainly would appreciate you uh, taking a moment to log in to wherever you're uh, listening to, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts or, or Stitcher or whatever else, and, and making sure you, you rate us, review us, uh, leave us some feedback. For me personally, the one I look at is, is Apple Podcasts, so if you want to leave some, uh, some feedback there that we can see, I would appreciate that. But any ratings, reviews that you do kind of helps us grow the show. It's the whole algorithm thing, you know, that they talk about but more so than that if you really love the show and you want to support us head on over to patreon.com slash the mma road show sign up to support us there for as little as three dollars a month you can just send a few bucks to the show to help us out help us keep this thing running and of course uh you get uh exclusive access to the and a half episodes where we (laughs) recap every ufc event every single week which is basically every single week uh and you can do things like like, ask questions. I mean, Cold Coffee is wanting to, 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 to bring in the Patreon.com supporters a, li- a little bit more than maybe we have in the past. That's and, true. And that would include uh, soliciting some questions and letting them dictate it. But we don't really know what to call it yet, basically. Yeah, but, we're, still, but, but we're still working on that. Throughout the maybe you guys are some. So ultimately, you know, you see a lot of things where we do, like, it's, everybody always calls it like a mailbag. I don't want to call it mailbag because I always joke that every time that we do the Twitter mailbag, I always call it Mail Twitter sack. nutsack. Is nuts. what I oh, no, you were all the way to nutsack. Oh, I, okay, I'm, okay, okay. I'm sorry, so you don't even, you don't even when you're doing do the clever in, little. When you're doing weigh-in day and you're bogged down and then some, no one 
God bless him. He's like, oh, hey, I have that extra video that you need to edit today after you've already been working for eight hours. And I say, sure, send me the nut sack. <laughs> Show me that sweaty nut sack that wow. I don't want to see. Wow, wow. But we still love it. But no. So, yeah, we want to have a uh, – we'll come up with some funny name. And it's got to be something roadshow related. I, I was thinking, like, something musically, like when you – you know, when uh, – People want to have the the musician put a song in you write on a list or like if you had a karaoke put a thing or you know some sort of whatever so we'll see what you guys can come up with when we're drunk enough we'll figure something out but um so yeah we want to ask some questions and currently it's even one of the benefits that we haven't really um been giving you as much as we should but once you reach the five dollar and the ten dollar level we've always said hey you, it's it's your show uh you're helping to produce this thing and you're helping to push it forward That's so right. Um, so this list went out, and if you didn't get the email, I, I apologize, but I only sent it to the producer and the star level. You, as a regular fan, if you want something, just fucking hit us up, and, and we'll try to work it into the show. But I wanted to make sure I definitely reached out to those at a certain tier level. By the way, and, and, and I, I, I didn't mean to exclude you, because I know people want to hear your opinions as well, <laughs> but uh, what the, the initial thought process for me on what this could be called was, Dear John. Oh. Okay, which which I thought, but then I realized how dated that made me because you know there was a there was a show years and, and years ago. There was a sitcom on American yeah. television, Dear John, and it had like a whole like theme song, and obviously it stuck in my head with my name being John. It was like Dear John. Aww. But correct yeah. me though. But let me. But wasn't it. Dear John also what they called it when when soldiers were overseas and they got the letter when they got broken up? Oh, wasn't gosh, I didn't John? know that. Well, I would like to retract my suggestion then. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about a sitcom that uh, that I, I Googled to see, like, well, wait a minute. I, I, would anybody even know that? And I realized it ran from 1988 to 1992. So my ass is getting old is what yeah, I'm you don't want you. Yeah, you don't point. want Dear John because, yeah, I'm going to go back. Dear John letter, and this is wiki, but this is what I was learned or what I remember as a kid. A Dear John letter is a letter written by, written to a man by his wife or romantic partner to inform him that their relationship is over, usually because she has found another lover. Mm. The man is often a member of the military stationed overseas, although the letter may be used in other ways, including being left for him to discover when he returns from work to an emptied house. Uh, it is usually sent after time away on holiday. Uh, as someone who travels from time to time, you I would, don't want a Dear I, John. I would not like a Dear John letter. You, sir, have the namesake for okay. what could ultimately happen. I would like to retract my <laughs> suggestion, please. Carry on. Don't don't call it your job. Carry on. Did, did we get any questions this week? You you, you put the pulse out. <laughs> we did. We only did it earlier in the day. Did we, did we get yeah, it was questions? Yeah, it was kind of late. But, yeah, we got a couple. Uh, and the first one was Enrique Ortiz. We'll go to him. And he said, hey, guys, with the upcoming Adesanya Whitaker 2 fight being targeted for the fall, would that be perfect fight to headline a return to fight island or what title fight would most likely headline that card? Thank you, guys. All right. Well, our first question in the not dear John segment, I would certainly, <laughs> I would certainly uh, not like to dear be dear John. <laughs> I would not like it to be a cop out, but honestly, I, I think he nailed it. I think Enrique nailed it. I think that's going to be the fight on Fight Island. Now, here's the thing: is I don't think we can even call it Fight Island anymore. I think it's just going to be Abu Dhabi. Yeah. We, we talked about that when we were over there. Is that Abu like Dhabis. once the bubble goes away, it's no longer Fight Island. Now, they're going to continue using that Fight Island branding. I was told the, the Abu Dhabi government, because the Abu Dhabi government is really all about tourism, right? Like, that's a huge thing. That They want it to be a tourist destination. They built up some uh, collateral in, in that name. And they love, yeah, yeah, they love that branding of Fight Island. So they'll, they'll call it Fight Island. To me, it's not Fight Island anymore. Fight Island meant 
the bubble. It meant, you know, the, 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 the special circumstances going on and all that. That won't be the case anymore. So, to me, it'll just be the return to Abu Dhabi. But my I understanding Island is – meant, like, beer specials and, and – Jet Not skis. by the end of it, it didn't, sir. No, that's because you guys oh, broke Fight Island. Is, yeah, if we. You were like that black cloud in Lost that went around and killed everything <laughs> that was joyful in the in the show. I didn't watch Lost, but that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, no, so I think Abu Dhabi, my, my understanding is the current plan is, and this is not like I'm breaking news because, you know, they announced they had a signed deal. I mean, Dana has said this, uh, they, you know, they, they have a contracted dates to go yeah. back. But my understanding is October is the target. Now, last week in Phoenix, uh, Dana said, even before this fight, Adesanya told us he wants to fight again in October. That's but the pay-per-view in October. He, we know where he well, wants to fight. He wanted to do it. You're right. He wanted to do it in Australia. He wanted to do it in New Zealand. Um, everybody I've talked to from down in that region is like, that ain't going to happen. And even Adesanya, when I asked him about yeah. that, I was like, hey, would you wait, you know, for this, for, for, for New Zealand or, or, or Australia because that's where you want it to happen. And he, I, I don't think he conceded at that point, but he was basically like, hey, I'm just putting it out there in the world. Maybe positive yeah. energy could happen. But, no, I'm going to fight. I'm active. So, I, I think you nailed it. Uh, so, I don't want it to be a cop-out. Yes, that is the perfect fight. And to be honest with you, as long as nobody gets injured, nothing happens, I think that is the fight that's going to headline. Now, if you're looking for alternatives, I mean, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega, that's currently scheduled in September. If things moved around a little bit. A little less exciting. A little less exciting, but that would make some sense. Yeah. You're right. It has a little bit less attention to it. But uh, Volkanovsky, of course, can't fight at home as a champion either. So, yeah. you know, doing it in Fight Island would make some sense. Um, I think to – I say Valentina Shevchenko could, could make some sense over there. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe that ends up being a Kobe. Maybe that would be. Even a if it's like a second. I think when you do some of those ones, you, you almost need to have two title fights, and it does sound like that would be a great like co-title or co-main. Yep. However, you, however they phrase it to where it's like you're just as important as the main event with your title bout, but you're number oh, not two. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your faces are smaller at the bottom of the poster. <laughs> um, no, uh, but I, I'll, I'll so throw. Who out. would you put her against? You, you, you got to do Lauren Murphy right now. I'm sorry. Lauren Murphy, Lauren, has Murphy earned that. Lauren Murphy has earned that right right yeah. now. She needs to have that title fight next. Uh, so it's got to be Lauren Murphy. Uh, Caitlin Chukagian, by the way, needs to get her Twitter under control before she gets another title fight. So. How can you <laughs> – I mean, uh, is, there, is there, like, password Chukagian oh, or Caitlin? How can you possibly I did see have it, it hacked – a third time. I was scanning through, and, and again, I mean, this is a hacker, so who knows what. But Maybe the password, did, send dick pics. It, did say, it <laughs> did say something like, you you have to have a better password than Caitlyn1. But, like, that can't, that could not have actually been her password. Like, certainly, because I know she's got to be working with the UFC to, to, to get this thing secure because they realize this is a problem. Yeah. Surely somebody from their social team would have been like, can you make sure it's random characters? It did, but can you, anyway, can she got happy. Can some... Capital letters in there? Can you let me sh let me throw out one more caveat though? So I think you could damn near I think you could damn near announce the fight right now. I said that's the fight to make. Enrique killed it. That's the one. I'm gonna throw out one caveat. I bet they wait until UFC 264 because if Conor McGregor is victorious, I'm telling you right now, the Abu Dhabi government would do anything to have Conor McGregor versus Charles Oliveira. And, and yeah. Am I saying he necessarily is the deserving number one contender? Okay, arguments we made, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, the government of Abu Dhabi that invested millions yeah. in making sure that the UFC was fine, the government of Abu Dhabi who wants nothing more than to show the world this is a premier destination. We're, we're as good as anywhere on the planet. You come here. 
I'm telling you. You get A-listers. You get A-lister events. Bro, they would move mountains. They would move mountains to have that fight. So if Conor McGregor wins, I think the idea of Charles Oliveira versus Conor McGregor in Abu Dhabi becomes a very real possibility in October. I think I think I think you're you're right, and it's one of those things where as, as much I think we've we've gotten beyond the point where it's like, oh no, that doesn't make sense. We we understand and that the UFC first and foremost is an entertainment company, and Abu Dhabi. I mean, if anybody watched anything, Abu Dhabi loves. Conor McGregor. Yes, I think do. Conor loves Abi, Abu. So that's one of those ones where it's not. It doesn't seem like it would be hard for him to sign up to do it as well. I mean, granted, you know, hanging that title carrot in front of him is going to make him want to do it as well. But um, he's got a tall task ahead of him. But I think you're absolutely correct where uh, that fight makes sense, and and it'd be a spectacle. I mean, I think a lot of people would love to see that fight. You yeah. know, regardless. Um, you know, what it means for the division and how it kind of still holds things up. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But, I mean, I, I'm also of the mind that we're not going to have Connor forever. You know, Connor might only want to – a couple more fights. We've got a couple more fights. He might want to do it another year or two, maybe just a couple more fights. So, at this point, get what, get, get, get what juice you can out of the squeeze because Connor's got plenty of other business um, irons in the, in the fire for him to manage and make money – and never have to put his body at harm's way ever again. Yep. So if you give him something to bring um, the spectacle back out, and it's somewhat okay, I mean, granted, and that's a big if, but if he goes out there and beats Dustin, the dude's beat legit one of the number one fighters in the world, I, I'm not opposed to him um, getting a shot. If you lose and you give it to him, then that's just straight shitty. <laughs> you know, that would be straight <laughs> shitty knowing – but you know, unfortunately, uh, oh, it would be right. Abu Dhabi put a lot of money when when we needed somebody to step up and allow the UFC to put on events somewhere. They put a lot of money up. Um, I'm not upset about them getting rewarded for their investment and getting fighting back up and running. Can you imagine Conor McGregor loses at UFC 264? but gets booked for Abu Dhabi for the Fight Island Championship of the World. Right. So they're like, they're like, they're like <laughs> they'll be over there hoping for Dustin to get stitches. They're like, well, Dustin, was uh, he was stitched up, so we couldn't use him. <laughs> I know it's like six months later, but uh, we had to we had to set this up. Oh, uh, too funny. All right, so I, I, Enrique, I think you need that. All right, you had, you had one other question as well, right? Yes, let me let me pop it back up. This was from Joe from H-Town. Hey, Joe from H-Town. Yeah, this was a fun one, um, but, man, we had to go back way back in memory lane he said what was the last mma event you attended as a fan what was the last non-mma sporting event you attended so i guess two of them i guess yeah, i didn't really think here. about the the non-sporting event would be man, you know what's crazy is because the like last year with everything shut it down like what would be a I said oh, i guess it says sporting event i said shut it down shut it the frosty beverages are flowing. I um, definitely thought I, it took me a while to even find the MMA event that was something, but um, a non-MMA sporting event. You act like we have time. We have life. <laughs> I've taken it. I've taken Joe, my, if I'm not, if I'm I'm not working with you, I'm out drinking with you. What do, I mean, what do you expect exactly. us to be doing? I've taken my kid to a couple of things, like some, some minor leagues. So I, I, you know what? I guess probably the last one that we went to before the pandemic was probably uh, Las Vegas Aviators, the the, the Ooh, minor league baseball yeah. team out here. By the way, if man, if you're in Las Vegas and, and and you happen to be a fan of 
minor league baseball or you just want to go do something different, it is a beautiful minor league that facility, That might be one man. of the – oh, I went to the soccer game. Beautiful minor league. What the fuck is the soccer team here? The lights? You the went lights. to the Las Vegas? I, went to I haven't lights even been game. to the Las Vegas lights game. I went game. to a lights game. I need to go. I was going to say, because if it I wasn't the go. lights, I went when it was still 51s, which was what the Aces were called before. Yeah. Or not the uh, – The Aviators. The Aviators. The, 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 the baseball Aces team used to be Las Vegas team. 51s. It was a Cashman field. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the brand-new field out there in Summerlin, man, it's so nice. It's yeah. so nice. Right next to Red Rock. Um, worth going. Of course, they didn't have fans last year. but I wonder uh, if I could hang with my – Huntington Field back at home in the Columbus Clippers. Ooh. That's quite a that's well, a, maybe that's a to, beautiful hey, triple maybe A. Maybe we'll have to make a trip out there. Maybe we'll have to make a I'd trip out there. I'd be down to check there. it out. I love me some triple A ball. Before minor league baseball is fun. Cheap tickets. Oh, dude. And and like before I actually came out for the UFC, I was working as a camera operator for uh, the Clippers. So like shooting baseball is just as different as like trying to shoot like hockey or shoot uh, other little sports. It's very interesting. Um, the way you work the cameras and stuff, but just let alone working with the crowd and stuff, it was it was incredible. Um, I loved. There's something about minor league ball, and especially at a Triple A level. It, I mean, it's fun. I think all the way down the line, Triple A, Double A, Single A, Triple A. But you're you're actually seeing guys down on rehab. You're seeing the prospects just sign. You know, they're gonna give them some games before they just take them up to the big leagues. Yeah. Um, it's super exciting. It's yeah. super super fun. But you also get to see. People that are able to bring their families out at a, rel- a relatively low cost, yep. enjoy a high-level sporting, eating dogs. Uh, I mean, like a buddy of mine just posted something the other day about Diamond Dog Night back at Clippers, which is just like it sounds. Ten you pay cent 10 cents for a hot dog. The lines are absolutely batshit crazy. But it was like something we grew up on. And uh, I, I, they, used to have dollar, oh, they used to have dollar beers at the 51s games. I would just get Ridiculous. I can imagine. Just get ridiculous. They used to call it those on Thursdays. They called it Thirsty Thursdays. And so, yeah, they always had drink specials and stuff. So awesome. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, man, like, that is one thing I'm thankful that, you know, and it's crazy because I think with the pandemic, a lot of people missed out on some of those opportunities of taking their kids to, like, sporting events. We were lucky enough as we were growing up, we were able to go to ball games like that and right. able to go to stuff like that. That is one of the best things ever. Kids have missed out. You know, kids, have mi- kids have missed out for a whole year of uh, yeah. seeing that sort of I'm stuff. I'm excited to get back to doing So you stuff. all, if you have kids, you have to make up for that lost year. Get your ass out the house. Go take your kid to some minor league baseball or whatever and get you some dime of dogs. So that was the last non-MMA sport event. Now, let's let's address the last MMA event you attended as a fan. Now, you said we had to talk about it because we oh, don't, man. We we don't really have back. very many weekends off or, or whatever to go do this. So here was the thing that first popped into my head, and this is a crazy story. But So when my wife and I moved out here to Vegas in 2008, uh, we were living in Ohio. It was the last place we, we were living, um, and we decided to move out here to Vegas. The whole thing was, I, I to be honest with you, I didn't even like Vegas uh, just to travel here for events because, like, you're on the strip, and it wears you out, and you're like, dude, I'm done. But I said, you know what, man, if I'm going to chase this MMA reporter thing full time, I need to be out in Vegas. I think it's going to be beneficial. So in 2008, we moved out here to Las Vegas. Now, we were coming from Ohio, and uh, what we did was we split it up into three days. So the first day we did we did, uh, we did, did Ohio, uh, basically Dayton. Dayton to Kansas City the first day, about 10 hours. Kansas City to uh, Denver the second day, which was about 10 hours. Uh, and by the way, that is the most boring drive you'll ever have in your life. No disrespect to anybody from Kansas, but driving across Kansas on what I believe is I-70, holy shit, it is just flat land and cornfields, and it is literally just 
It's like the I don't think same, they'll argue with you. It's like the same view for four hours straight. So anyway, made that drive. But <laughs> That's we, a lot of the Midwest. Oh my god! But we got to we got to uh, we got to our hotel in Denver. We checked in, and as we were walking in to check in, I happened to look over in a conference room, and in this conference room, there's a cage set up, and I'm like, "What the hell?" The hotel that we had selected to stay at, just randomly, just a place to stay in Denver that night before we drove out the next day, had an MMA event that night. And so, like, I was like, this is insane. So my wife and I actually went and watched some fights. Uh, the, the really insane part is, like, there was – and I can't remember what – Jesus, it's been so long. It's been 13 years. But I think there was, like, just some kid that turned in an awesome performance that night. And I was like, man, you know, here I am at this random hotel and – you know, in, the, in in Colorado, and there's this amateur kid throwing down, and I and I did like a, I ended up writing a story. I ended up writing a damn story. So technically, I attended it as a fan, but I ended up doing an interview and writing a story anyway. So I thought that's what it was. I was gonna say that was the last MMA event I attended as a fan, and then you reminded me, which I had totally forgotten about. Uh, we'll just say it was a different era in the MMA junkie uh, <laughs> MMA junkie history where uh, the travel budget was flowing at the time. And uh, you and I both went out to Dublin in October yes. of 2015 uh, for UFC Fight Night 76, I believe, which was supposed to be uh, Dustin Poirier versus Joseph Duffy. Now that, you remember, Duffy got pulled out. Uh, Duffy had to pull out. The, the main event was scrapped. Uh, ben Rothwell was on the card. That fight got scrapped as well. So a lot of big-name fights got scrapped. And I guess at the time, like I said, things were a little different back then. Uh, we had a lot more people at the event. It was me, you. Abby Subban was there. Uh, Simon Head was there, but he wouldn't have been credentialed under us at the time. Uh, but but Per Hodgson was there as, as our photographer. I mean, we had a bunch of people. But basically what happened was the night the night before the fights, the UFC was like, listen, we've kind of scaled down this event a little bit, and we were going to try to make everybody fit. But the bottom line is it really doesn't fit. So can some of you guys just take the night off? And I think me and you both threw our hand in the air. It was like, I can take the night off. You know, my wife had actually traveled with me as well. Like, we, were kind of, we kind of made a little vacation out of it. Um, in fact, now that I remember, that was my, uh, that was my wife's first weekend away from our son, uh, who was born in 2012. Oh, right. She was a wreck. Yeah, she was an absolute wreck. <laughs> it, it didn't work good. It did not work she good. She was a wreck. She, she, was like, she, was like, Poor thing. she was like, I love sleeping in in the mornings. This is amazing. Like, he doesn't come wake me up every morning. She's like, but I can't do this anymore. But bottom line was um, – yeah, you and I got to attend an event at Three Arena um, in the in the crowd. It was fun. I'm gonna show you some pictures because I pulled it up on on Facebook. And here's me with Brian and Christine. So this. Oh yeah, Brian Boyle and Christina's wife are yep. good. Are good friends from England. Yeah, yeah. You, Actually you, hanging in the stands. You were hanging out in the crowd with them. And then uh, this was back at the hotel. Back you at the hotel. I was double fisting some. I think I have a picture somewhere. There's the table. The the tables where we would oh. take over the the ho the whole host hotel just. Full of bottles, and I have somewhere. Was I don't that, the, put was it that on, the night I spilled the beers on the on the tray and then drank from the tray? Yeah, yeah, it sure was. Drank, 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 drank Guinness from a tray. It was a, it was like one of the serving trays. Like the normally the the servers would bring it over, and I, it was one of those ones where you're like, oh no no, I got this, I got this. And so he brought the tray over to the table, and it was it was full of glasses of Guinness. But he spilled a decent amount of one of the glasses onto the tray, almost to the point like. You had to watch tipping the tray or it would overflow. Right. But then John having his John face at that time was like, I'm not going to just pour this in the trash can. So he removed all the glasses and then proceeded to tip the tip the tray and drank all the beer off of the tray. 
and I actually have a picture of it on my phone. I did not put that on Facebook, but it's still on Thank like you, one sir. of my phones. Thank you, Because I think I showed you, and you were like, do not post that. And I was like, well, I certainly ain't deleting it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that oh, was it. that was that. that was uh, that was it. Not so crazy. I mean, maybe there was a random one that we're forgetting. That but if but if there. I had to like, could legit remember one where I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I, I can't believe we're here actually watching as a fan. That was probably the best one and the and the most one that I can actually remember because the crowd was so electric. They were, and it wasn't even a Connor night, but they were batshit crazy. I remember when some of the Irish fighters went out there. It was uh, Connor. Connor was there though. He was there he, as a fan. Yeah, but it was. He deafening. was actually sitting a row in Didn't front it, of me. Was that he Patty, Patty Houlihan fight? Yeah, Patty Houlihan was in the main event. Uh, and he was. Cahal, I mean, Cahal pe- Pendred was on the card against Tom Breeze as well. Shit, when they he, walked uh, out. He. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. He came out there. It was funny. He was sitting a row in front of me, and I remember he turned around and saw me and was like, "What the hell are you doing here?" And he kind of gave me that little double take, like, "What the hell are you doing in the crowd? You, mm. the, this is weird." Uh, good night. Good question. Joe that was from Town. Joe that was a, taking, us, taking us down memory lane right there. Uh, all right. So, patreon.com slash the MA Roadshow. Ask us questions over there. Uh, it's your show. Period. Point blank. It's your show. All right. USC on ESPN 25 is this week. That's what we're covering. Even though I did take vacation days, uh, I did uh, uh, head to the media day, and I'll be at the weigh-ins in the morning. It's Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. Hell of a main event. Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung, Dan Ige. Uh, look, I, I think this is going to be an absolute scrap, an absolute brawl. I, I think both of them uh, feel that way as well. But Dan Ige is certainly a guy that's on the rise that, uh, you know, seems to have kind of broken through. It was kind of interesting as, as, as I was thinking about his rise. Man, Dan Ige's rise has taken place during this time where there are no fans. You know, so he's had his biggest fights in front of empty venues, which I feel kind of bad because he's reaching that level of glory yep. and hasn't really um, – you know, hasn't really got a chance to experience that fan feedback yet, and and I'm I'm kind of interested to see once he does get in front of crowds again, what kind of reaction he gets. I think maybe it was I think maybe it was our man Hot T Oscar Willis who pointed out because I was shocked last week in Phoenix how much fan support Chase Hooper received. I mean, it was like it was one of the most popular on the car. But we just haven't had that feedback yet, so yeah. I didn't realize he was resonating with fans as much as he was. I was a as surprised. much as he was. But remember, he 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 was one of the ones that had the benefit of um, a great social push from yes. the UFC. The when UFC he started. has definitely had him. You know, and, had his back. And that's been like one of the stinks that some fighters have always brought up, and that and what we've hoped that they would change is that, you know, they have definitely picked these guys. I mean, one chase he was, you know. Young dude, awkward, but, like, had the whole Ben Askren, like, sort of fake relation that they were able to play off because – The Askren family. Yeah, so they were able to sort of, you know, piggyback off one other guy's sort of stardom to kind of help rise him up a little bit. But that being said, the, the UFC put a great social push behind them that uh, you kind of wonder that if a lot of other people were introduced with such the same social push – Would they get the Would they be reaction? the same reaction? Brandon Moreno was another person that got a big push when he came in. Right. You know, they were tied. But, I mean, he certainly helped himself. Because he's tied to a market. He's tied to an international market. Anytime a fighter's tied to an international market that the UFC cares about, they're going to get a push. They will push. They will push. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was – I don't – I wasn't too surprised. But, yeah, you're still sort of surprised when you see certain ones because – I think for our, our fact, we see so many fighters that we're like, man, that we, we sort of fall in love with all the fighters and we see certain qualities from others where 
we'll have our own personal things where it's like Chase probably wouldn't have been the first one if I looked down the list to say, who's going to pop here? He wouldn't have been on my list. Yep. Just like Brandon. We were all surprised by how Brandon's star power. Yep. But if there was one that we were like, okay, this fight's probably going to resonate with some people. So you never know. I mean, but that falls – I mean, and I don't want to, you know, blame the UFC because they have such a big roster. It's, it's tough to give how, that how love to everybody. How do you market 600 people? It's the issue that they always run across. It's, it's difficult for them. Anybody tied to an international market, they're going to pick they're up. Gonna get some love. Anybody that has an amazing backstory, you know. But it is at the end of the day, man. you gotta, you got to kind of market yourself. But I still I, I, I say that I, I'm curious to see if Dan Ige pops once we start getting back in front of crowds again. Because I think he is an exciting fighter. I think he's a stand-up individual. Like, I don't know how you don't like his character. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just a good dude. You think he's going to get a bigger pop on weigh-in day? <sighs> oh, uh, in front of the seven journalists that are in there at the Apex? No, no, no. Uh, well, that's right. Never mind. <laughs> I'm saying if there, was, if, there, if, there was, if there was a ceremony. No. Zombie would definitely. Zombie, would uh, zombie is an absolute it. superstar. Zombie is an absolute he superstar. He really, really is. But that's why if, if Ige can win this, I, I wonder if he'll get even more rub. It is crazy. Zombie is such a star. Uh, going back through his kind of – I mean, we, we obviously we know Zombie. We know what he's done. But you look at his last eight fights have all been main events, man. That's yeah. that's pretty incredible when you think about it. And it was kind of funny because at the media day I was joking with him, of course, through a translator. But I, it was kind of a joke. But but a real, I was like, don't you ever wish you could just get a three-round fight? And he was like, oh, yeah. I asked for a <laughs> co-main event. He's like, I wanted to be three rounds. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But – Eight main events in a row, man. That shows you the kind of star powers. By the way, should say, if you haven't seen the video of his media day appearance, check it out. Uh, Cold Coffee, I know you left it in there. But yeah, if, it, if it doesn't make sense to you. So, Zombie shows up wearing one of his classic, you know, that classic zombie T-shirt. I mean, that is a true classic design. It's one of the best MMA T-shirts ever designed. But, of course, we're in, well, we're just in the uniform era. It's the Venom era, but it's, right. this is not because of Venom. It's just, I mean, this used to be the Reebok thing. So the, the compliance guy is there outside the room, and he puts tape over the, the chest logo of, of the T-shirt because you can't have that on camera. And we were all kind of joking. Like, we, I, we, I, I even booed. I was like, boo, yeah. uniform guy. <laughs> like, I mean, that's one of the coolest T-shirts ever. And Zombie, uh, I guess, clearly, even though he doesn't, doesn't necessarily speak a ton of English, uh, was picking up on what we were putting down. And what did he do? He sat down in front of the camera and turned around to show his back yep. so he could put the whole back logo out there. I thought that was I thought that was a fantastic moment. Yeah, and that was why – so if you watch the video – but, yeah, once he did that, I was like, yeah. I have to leave it you in there. You have to leave it in there, but if you don't know what there the was a premise big, was, you yeah. might not understand why he did that. Yeah, because there was a big space between when he actually did that to sit around. We kind of laughed about it, and then some time passed, and then we had to make sure the translator was good, and then blah, 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 blah. So that's why you'll see the little white flash that kind of uh, joins the two sections. But when he did that, that's just another thing that I think, man, if we could uh, – this is another person that – what's crazy is that everybody loves Zombie, and Zombie doesn't speak a lick of English but outside of the thank you or whatever random little things. You just wonder what his star power would be if he did speak English. But that, to me, was a, a moment where you got to see the personality that I wish I could interact on a bigger level. Yeah. Because, like you said, he picked up on what we were – feeling in the room we wanted to see the logos and he delivered to it and it had there was a, just a perfect perfect comedic timing in the way that he just immediately did it and then turns around and kind of gives this little like <laughs> shit-eating grin it was like fuck yeah dude like after he did that i was just like dude zombie's the fucking man um 
we've we've been ha we've been lucky to have all of his fights all these years, and it's just like I just wish that we could better understand what he was thinking and get to see his personality without the filter of a yeah. translator. Yeah, but that's not his fault. It's, it's funny, you know, as you mentioned that I think about like like big stars, like non English speaking big stars, like I mean like completely non-English because you could probably throw out Anderson right but Anderson started speaking English at the end yeah uh, and I and I hate to admit it there were times that I wish he wasn't speaking English because yeah. I was like I would rather get like full complete sentences from you but the name that popped to my head was Fedor Emelianenko uh, of a superstar that one who him and, literally him and, didn't speak a word like like yeah. him and everything. Aldo are like two that, Aldo, that hop but, out but they didn't but Aldo I don't think Aldo ever resonated like but I hate see, to I say wonder. that I hate to say that but I just, I just wonder all those that in the same division as zombie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just wonder that if we could interact with him, I feel like that's a guy that had so much life stories to tell yeah. people that if his story could have resonated with people, he could have moved millions in the, so in the sense of what he was able to bring himself up by his bootstraps and, and kind of share that story that we never got to pull it out of him. You know? So if anything else, I feel like as us, as, media members, I know that if we could have had him tell his story and then we poked and, and prodded and say, I want to learn more about what you went through, I bet we could have saw a side of him that we that maybe only Brazilian media know of that we never really got to be as beloved with him. And, and but Fedor's but Fedor's are another great one. But let me ask you that oh boy, this is this I mean I never even intend to go to this rabbit hole at all, but so Jose Aldo Arguably the greatest featherweight champion in UFC history, right? I mean, there were people that would throw out Max Holloway. Obviously, he beat him, so you can make that argument. But arguably the greatest featherweight champion in UFC history. But is Chan Sung Jung the bigger star? Than Aldo? Yeah. Currently? Or you in mean history. ever? In the, in, in the, I don't know. In the annals of history. I don't I – don't, I think – I wonder if he resonated better somehow with uh, U.S. fans because of the whole choice of the song, and then people associate him with the zombie song. So every time he came out, everybody's like, "Oh, I can sing his walkout song," right? And that sort of just endeared him to people. I wonder. I don't. I don't personally. In it's an terms interesting of argument. I'd like to hear. Is. I'd like to hear what people think because be in my head, I'm kind of thinking like when I think it, it, you said it's silly, right? But we're talking about the song, right? But yeah. I do think that there's been some iconic walkouts for the Korean Zombie, right? I tried to find the song in time when he was walking up to the to the media day to play it, but the damn YouTube clicked the wrong song. <laughs> it was another zombie song, and I was like, "Who's this bearded fuck?" I was like, "Where's the cranberries at?" I was like, "Oh, I clicked on You're the wrong white version. zombies." Yeah, <laughs> no, it was not white zombies. <laughs> But I will tell you something about uh, <laughs> Jose is that there was a time when I was still with the UFC. There was one of the trips he was here, and it was like coming up on the time of when it was like his, I think it was a daughter, a daughter's birthday, and he had to, needed to uh, get a toy. So we went to a fucking random Toys R Us while Toys R Us were still available and have him going through. And I remember I filled it. I don't think we did anything with you did shoot the it video. Yeah, wow. so we shot it through there. But just seeing him going through and talking about um, what sort of toy he was trying to find for his kid and he was interacting with different people in the store and it was like it was totally not fight-related. So I saw a different That's side awesome. of him that wasn't like, hey, here we are waiting for you to go up and, and hit mitts at fucking open workouts. It was a totally different thing. And I remember just thinking, like, He's just like any other dad, but he's he's stuck in a foreign country. But all he can think about was that he wanted to get a present to take home to his kid, 
and then he was interacting people at this Toys R Us, and it was, it was, it was such a fun, like, cool memory that I still remember thinking, like, man, I really like this cat. I was in, I was in Brazil one time, and I wish I could remember what fight it is. Uh, it's so impromptu. I can't, I can't remember. I have to look back. But uh, I was in Brazil for an, for an Aldo fight, main event, uh, and you know, w- was writing a. a a story for uh, USA Today. So I was doing a, a newspaper article and I needed to get some unique quotes. Like I couldn't do like presser quotes, whatever, like I needed to. And Lillian, uh, who still works for the USCPR to this day, she was like, hey, listen, I, I think the best time would be like when we leave the media day, can you be ready to leave with us and jump in the car? And while we're driving back to the hotel, you can interview him there and get all your audio that you need there. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Dude, it was crazy, man. I think since I'm talking about the superstar in Brazil, no, I mean, Aldo's the man because oh, yeah. he was like the man of the people, right? That was his That's whole it. thing is that like his like, story. I mean, his story resonates with what their life is going through. hundred percent. And, I, and, and it that's where so, I think we miss here. It was States. so cool to see though, but, 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 uh, but I say this, seeing this different side of Aldo, right? So like we left this and this place was going nuts, man. And he had to like, it was kind of that quintessential, like, you know, running through people like hands reaching out to you and yeah. like ducking so you can get through. And then we jumped in the car and like to see him like, like kind of decompress and take that breath and like, you know, because he never, he he was interesting in the fact that he never wanted any of that. I see, I say it like he's not still fighting, he's still live, but right. I mean he's not in his championship reign. But he never wanted any of that. Like he he just wanted to like compete and support his family and be right. with his kids and be with his family. You know what I mean? Right. And to see like that was hard on him, man. Like all that attention and all that like it it was difficult for him. So. Yeah, tough. I'm telling you. So yeah, seeing sides from him, and, and that's it's cool that I haven't thought of that memory forever. I so it's kind of cool, you know, you know, thinking about that, even though it's just taking out my memory, like, uh, just to be able to go back and and revisit that sort of stuff, um, you know. And we've talked about it, and we joke about this all the time. And like, man, uh, I guess if anything, this is a uh, verbal journal that we're sort of writing these things down, yeah. these stories, because we've always talked about like, man, it'd be great to just grab. A bunch of the old timers and just people just to just put the the stories down on paper or put the stories down in some form because um, there's there's a lot of things that people when some of these fighters are done and gone um, people will only be able to access the fight histories but people aren't hearing all the stories and all get to see some of the stuff and you know we've been lucky enough to see some of these fighters um, doing other things and you know and I'll tell you, I could watch some of these guys give their best per, best peak physical performance where you're just like, oh, my gosh, you were literally on your A game and you did everything that was absolutely perfect. But then you see him outside spending time with friends or, you know, with their family, and you see a, some, a different side. And it, when you go back in your head and you try to remember things, those memories tend to float to the top. Those are the ones you remember. You know, because so they true. stand out, you know. So – um, we've been really lucky and and blessed in the sense of being able to see some of these cats in uh, in some of these things. So yeah, I don't know. This has been fun. That's a fun memory. That memory is a fun lane. memory. <laughs> fun memory. All right. Well, that's your all this talk about Jose Aldo is to break down your Chan Sung Jung versus Dan Ige <laughs> headliner. I think it's going to be a fantastic headliner. Co-main, I'm not, I'm not, look, I don't want to spend a ton of time breaking down this card because I will say I, I get it, man. This is not the biggest card the USC has ever put together. But I will say I think there's some interesting matchups on here. Alexi Olnik versus Sergey Spivak. Uh, I think that's an intriguing matchup. We Sergei should say Spivak. we got with the best interview ever from Alexei Olin. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to say. Sergey Spivak has has been a guy that's uh, that's been on a roll. He's got three wins in a row now. 
Uh, he doesn't talk a whole lot, but he, this a is stud. a big fight for him. He's a stud. He doesn't but talk. He's a quiet stud. Alexi Olenek. We, I mean, we've interviewed him for years, right? But he's, I mean, he does, he, again, he's, he's a guy, English is not his first language, but he speaks it decently enough. But he just doesn't get deep in anything. But I will say this. If you've got time, go to the MMA Junkie YouTube page and check out Alexi Olenek, uh, his interview, because it started out kind of short, just as normal as you would expect. Um, but uh, I think Scott Peterson kind of chimed in with a couple of, like, career-type answers. Uh, basically, it just ended up being a pretty long interview with yeah. Alexi Olnick where – I think everybody almost jumped in because they were like, wow, we've never seen this yeah, side of I him. Yeah, I think he was just in a really good place, and I think we were in a place where, um, you know, there weren't any – this media day, there weren't any, like, like massive names where we are like, we got to get this story out ASAP. We got to get this done. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, hey, let's just collect this information and we'll deal with it. Um, and, yeah, man, him talking about – he's nearing 25 years as a professional fighter. That's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy. I think his debut was November of, of 1996, which, by the way, I graduated high school in May of 1996. I mean, I'm just feeling old as right now on this dude, but 25 <laughs> years as, as a professional. So, um, And he's still fighting at a super high level. And he's still fighting at the highest level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe not – I mean, I guess the highest level would be in a championship fight, which I don't yeah. I don't foresee him getting there. But, um, you but know, he's around the area. Such a unique, exactly. He's in the neighborhood. He's a unique, dangerous guy. <laughs> so definitely go check that out. Uh, that That's your co-main event. It was, it was one of the best uh, Alexi Olnick interviews I've ever been a part of or yeah. seen. So that was good. Uh, Davey Grant versus Marlon Vera. Cheeto Vera, the, the rematch five years in the making that nobody thought we'd see. We saw it. I will say this. I don't think you included all this on your video, but it was actually pretty funny. So Cheeto shows up, and he's ready to go. Scott Peterson from MMA Weekly isn't there. And so being nice because there were only about five of us there, I think he had to make a quick trip to the restroom. He wasn't there. So Cheeto sits down. I'm like, ah, Cheeto, man, I'm sorry. Like, we got one journalist that's missing right now. Can we wait till he comes back? And he was like, yeah. He's like, lazy mother. By the way, <laughs> Cheeto cusses in English a lot. Like, a lot. Like, a whole lot. Uh, but he's one of the coolest. But this is the kind of guy that Cheeto is. Like, if you wonder why people like Cheeto Vera so much, it's because he's hilarious and yeah. just casually funny and cool to hang out with. So, literally, he just goes, he just goes, that lazy motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> just throws it out like that, right? Everybody kind of laughs, giggles, da-da-da. Scott Peterson shows back up. And as Scott Peterson shows back up, Cheeto goes, hey, man. These dudes were all talking shit about They're you, man. They're talking shit like, about you. I tried to tell them, like, calm down, man. The guy had to step away for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, just wait. Like, we're good. So, uh, yeah, just it's just little subtle stuff. I mean, this dude's on his media day. He's cutting weight. He's doing all that, and he's throwing that out there. So, I, I, I thought that was a fantastic moment. It was, it was moment. awesome. Um, so, that's going to be a big fight as well. Uh, Davey Grant had a great performance last time out. You know, he's kind of coming around, says he finally feels comfortable in the UFC. Meanwhile, Cheeto Vera coming off that loss to Jose Aldo, which is the reason why we broke down Jose Aldo so in-depth a while ago, so you could really relate to that. Uh, he's coming off that loss. Uh, so a, a big moment there. Sungwa Choi and Julian Arosa uh, got elevated to the main card. They were not uh, part of our media day because they were originally part of the prelim, so we didn't talk to those two guys, but uh, that could be a banger of a fight as well. Arosa, the guy that just won't quit. You know, he'd been cut from the UFC multiple times and continued to battle his way back. Meanwhile, Sung Wo Choi, I think, has uh, some real upside as well. I think, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the sparkling record, but I think he brings it every time out there. Uh, Bruno Silva versus Wellington Terman. I want to put this one on your radar as well because Bruno Silva uh, has a, an incredibly interesting story. He signed with the UFC and then immediately got popped by USADA. 
uh, swears his innocence, you know, says that he had nothing to do with it, uh, but had to serve two years anyway. He went to Forced an arbitrator, uh, wasn't able to do anything by it. But, he's, you know, again, to this day, he says, listen, I promise you I didn't take anything on purpose. Stop eating but, horses. But he had to sit out for two <laughs> years. Uh, and so he's making his uh, his USC debut two years after signing. Originally, was supposed to fight Duran Wynn, and, and now he's back. Uh, and then Wellington Terman. Oh, uh, Baby Cormier? But Yeah, exactly. He was supposed <laughs> to fight Baby Cormier. Uh, and now he's fighting Wellington Terman, who uh, – Wellington Terman, uh, just to throw out an inside joke that nobody will have any reference to whatsoever, but every time I see Wellington Terman's name, it makes me think of our boy uh, Matt Radmanovich, Matty Rad. Matty Rad, uh, <laughs> he would always joke about the uh, – a squad he would call the John Lineker All-Stars, which was basically Brazilian dudes with names that don't sound like a Brazilian dude. And that, that to me, is Wellington Terman. I mean, Wellington Terman yeah. could be like a like a Duke uh, from 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 England or something. Sure. You know what I mean? And uh, I always think Beef Wellington every time. Beef I Wellington. That's even there you go. And then uh, it starts out the main card with Matt Brown versus Diego Lima, which I think is going to be an absolute banger. Two two other interviews, honestly, that I would I might recommend you go check out. First of all, Matt Brown, my Matt best, Brown, my, my my best friend now. That was actually a pretty funny moment, right? <laughs> so he was like, he was like, I'll fight training partners, but I won't fight I won't fight friends. Not and for a million or million. I don't care what the money is. I wouldn't fight a friend. Kokov is like, can we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great, but no, Matt Brown was great because Matt Brown, I've I think I think maybe honestly, it's now the fact that I'm 43 years old and now that I'm kind of old and I'm getting into my twilight, yeah. but like. I think the people that I enjoy talking to the most now are the guys that have kind of done the rise and done the fall and are realizing they're in the twilight. You know what I mean? Because there was a time when Matt, I just don't think he liked talking to us at all. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't think he liked talking to the media. Um, and now, man, I, I think he, he relished it. He embraced it. I'll tell you a funny story that happened at my soccer camp today. My kid's soccer camp. So uh, this is super inside behind the scenes, but it, it was a, a, a moment that struck me. So uh, my kid's doing his first soccer camp. Okay, they, they hustled me for some money, but I think it'll be awesome. They shoot video if you want. If you want a video, like they'll do like a video rich package or whatever. Camp. Yeah, yeah, it's a rich kid <laughs> soccer camp. My kid is not rich, but I was like, I I'm a, but I'm gonna treat him like a rich kid. But I was like, dude, this is my. I, I'm gonna. I, I was like, you know what, man? I can I can send this video to you know his grandparents and they'll love it and it's a keepsake for me and my wife forever and all that so anyway uh, they part of it is they did like a quick little interview with him now we're not not an in-depth interview but a quick little interview you know and so he went and did his interview today and uh he he, he came back and i was like were you nervous because obviously like what do we do we interview people for a living i know people get nervous so he's, I, I was like were you nervous uh, and he was like yeah, yeah yeah and i was like why were you nervous and he was like I don't know. I was like, weren't you just answering questions about yourself? And he was like, yeah. He's like, I don't know, but I feel like I'm, I felt like I was taking a test. That's my nine-year-old kid, but it struck me. I think that's why athletes get nervous. Like, they feel like there's a right or wrong answer when, like, there's not. We just want to hear what you think. We yeah. just want to – but you feel like you're taking a test, you know? What's crazy, though, is that even a kid at that age can feel that because you figure at that age they would still feel the innocence that somebody's only wants to – Ask me a question out of the out of the goodness of just finding out more about me. Someone like Matt Brown and some of these other guys that are veterans of the sport. Yeah, I think a lot of them probably got burned at some point. And even with Matt, I think what we saw and, and you guys should go back and listen to the interview. It's because, a good interview, man. Because part of it is this is this is a, a fighter that has come to peace with 
himself and and then his own performances at the time. You know, I think a lot of fighters, just like anybody, I mean, like, if we were always being shown uh, or thrown back in our face our most recent performances where we're supposed to be showing our best, um, that's an uncomfortable moment, you know. So at any point, getting more comfortable with that, um, I think, makes interviewing easier because some people are like, oh, God, what are they going to ask me about? I'm not even happy thinking about this past thing, and now it's going to get pushed back in my face. I can't guarantee what they're going to use with this information. Feels you know, like you're taking the test. Feels like I'm taking the test, you know. Um, but what was awesome about Matt's thing was that um, he just came in with such a different mindset um, that it was just it was just so refreshing to see. But this is also a person that I think back in the past maybe didn't like the best things that were written out and, and took it personally, and, and that affected him. Yes. And it probably affected performance. And that's probably not just him. That's, I think, a lot of fighters carry that. It's, it's one of the reasons why, I mean, what's one of the biggest things that we say about, like, YouTube or when you put up videos and all this stuff? What do we always say? Don't read the comments. Don't read the fucking comments. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, it does, that doesn't just go over to, to fighters. I mean, even if you had to be public speaker at your uh, at your work office banquet dinner where you're laying out the, the next year's financial plans, would you want to read what the fucking people say after the fact about it? Absolutely not. Nobody does. You know, it, public spe speaking is one of the most uncomfortable things about it, and that's why it's such an amazing fact when we see – these these rare birds that are able to be such high level athletes but then are so seamless and at ease during these interviews um because that's not normal it's not <laughs> it's not natural to be like that and some are so good about it um so good on him i mean i'm a little surprised that he would be nervous because He's always jumping in our videos all the time. He or, is. saying so. He is, he is. But um, check out the Matt Brown interview. Check out the Matt uh, Brown. It's, good. it's worth it's worth your time before Saturday. If night. you didn't check like Matt, Matt Brown, Brown before, I think you'll like him even more uh, after watching this. I'm a homer for Matt of Brown. Of course, Ohio. I uh, mean, like, get out of here. I'm like, I'll fucking all right, whatever. My, he, he could fight. Put him against two people, and I'll still pick him. My, uh, my, uh, my my connection to Matt Brown is always the. Uh, so my wife and I just got married in a in a courthouse, basically in Ohio, in Xenia, Ohio. Yeah, and that's where he's from. Which which is a town I'm sure nobody's ever heard of, but that's 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 the town that's on her marriage license. Weird Xenia. There was a back in maybe the the 80s. There was a tornado that ripped through Xenia that was like half a mile wide. Yeah, you know, and it was like like my dad, my father worked for the National Weather Service, and it was like one of the tornadoes they would always talk about. Like it literally almost devastated the whole time. It almost took the whole town off the fucking map. There you go. Imagine that a half mile wide. That's insane. Like. Half fucking mile wide. <laughs> like, Tornado. That literally would. That's that's like end of days type shit when you see something like that. By the way, if you're looking for some positivity in your life as well, go check out the Diego Lima interview as well. Diego oh, Lima is one of the most positive human beings on the face. Just of the listen to it; you can see the smile. Oh, you hear the smile. I love <laughs> it. And I and I thought this was so cool. To, you know, the mindset of these athletes. You know, Diego talked about the fact he was offered Matt Brown, and his initial reaction was, you know, Matt trained him oh, on the gold. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, he trained me. Like, I, I don't know. That would be kind of disrespectful if I take that. And he's like, and then I, I sat back and I thought about it. And I was like, Matt would probably find it more disrespectful if I didn't accept the fight. You know <laughs> what I mean? That I wouldn't fight him. And we asked Matt about that. And Matt was like, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. So, I mean, uh, hell of a character there. So, I know this isn't the biggest card in, in UFC history by any stretch of imagination, but I think it's going to be fun. I think there are some interesting stories on there. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern for the prelims, 7 p.m. Eastern 
for the main card. And uh, Cold Coffee and I will be there. And, of course, we'll have the NF episode afterwards uh, on Saturday night going into Sunday morning, which is uh, which is Father's Day. So hopefully everybody's getting ready for that. All right, listen, I did want to share. I, I didn't share any audio from uh, these uh, fighters, even though it's phenomenal. I'm telling you, the ones that we recommended, please go over to the USC YouTube channel and check them out. I think you'll enjoy those. Uh, if you got some time to kill, especially there's, there's some some real the, the in-depth stuff with Matt Brown and Alexi Olenek, man, I I really thought was great. You know, two veterans of the sport. Uh, but I did want to share something a little bit different. There's you know there's been so much talk about fighter pay and, and marketing and ah blah you know this this sort of that. There's a, there's a new company. Uh, it's called Millions.co, and the one that turned me on to it was Bruce Buffer. Um, you know, Bruce has become a good friend over the years, and he's actually a part of this. He's a co-founder in the organization. Um, and, and obviously anything that Bruce is a part of, I'm like, all right, do you know the marketing's going to be off the point. You know, you know he's going to handle it. And, but this thing is centered around basically helping fighters brand themselves, market themselves, connect with fans, and make some money, to be honest with you. Um, they, they offer it in a couple different ways. And I, I don't know, I, I you know, Bruce put me in touch with uh, Matt Whitaker, who's the founder, um, and I, I just I wanted I wanted you guys to hear about this website, not because I'm personally trying to plug it, but I like the concept behind it. I, I like the idea, and to me, this is people that actually care about fight sport. I feel like so many times in our sport, people come in and they're like, well, you know, MMA is the fastest growing sport in the world right now. If I can just take my product and I can, you know, adapt it to MMA, it'll be successful. And they don't really care about the sport itself or the athletes themselves. And and I feel like these guys do, man. They came from fight sport. This has been a a, a passion of theirs throughout, you know, uh, throughout their existence. And um, it feels like this is tailored. Now, it's not going to stop in the fight space. Um, but it's tailored to the fight space right now, and it's people that come from the fight space. And I think it's some kind of – its I don't know. It's an interesting product and an interesting idea. And so uh, I want you to hear this. This is my conversation uh, with Millions.co founder Matt Whitaker. Matt, I appreciate you joining me, man. I just want to say right off the bat, uh, it was Bruce Buffer that, that put us together and introduced us and, and got the ball rolling. I think anytime Bruce Buffer is involved in something, I get excited about it. So uh, I just wanted to give – you the opportunity to give me the pitch because I've been trying to explain millions.co to different people. There's so much and it, it, it entails so much. And I love the, 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 the line on there, you know, it's the leading social commerce and video platform connecting the sports world. It's very well stated. I think that's a great description of it, but to just lay it out and people say, what is it? What do you tell them? What, what is it? Hey, th thanks for having me. And you're right. You know, Bruce is the man. He, he joined as a co-founder while, while we were kind of pre-launch. But uh, at its core, Millions is a social commerce platform. So it allows any athlete to spin up their own brand literally in minutes and be, be selling and transacting merchandise, so hats, caps, hoodies. But we didn't really want to stop there. We, we were solving a problem for our friends when we started the company that they, they were literally printing stuff off at their, their local print shop and then going to the post office and trying to mail it out to their fans. And we're like, okay, we got we to gotta solve that. So we, we created the platform originally for merchandising and e-commerce. But then we, we figured, well, why stop there? Let's add on other products that fans want to engage with, with their athletes uh, by using. And, and we decided to, to create an Ask Me Anything platform. So you can ask your favorite athletes anything. They'll record a video and send it back to you. So you have a, a personalized video from your favorite athletes. 
And then we also built a, a, we're calling it watch stream, but it's basically any athlete can spin up their own pay-per-view for any live stream event. So athletes are doing it mostly to host watch parties right now. So Joe Rogan really popularized doing watch parties. It's Joe Rogan Fight Companion. And we have athletes doing those for all kinds of events. So just for, for this weekend with the Mayweather fight, we had three watch parties going on with different athletes. So three products, uh, start your own brand, start your own merchandise, and e-commerce with no inventory, video, ask me anything, and then watch stream your own pay-per-views. That's awesome, man. It's a cool range of, of products. Like you said, a great way to interact, a great way to support athletes. Um, and I think what's really cool about it for us in the MMA space is that you're starting this in the combat sports space. I know, you know, eventually you're, you'll you'll like to branch out to other sports as well. But uh, you got Bryce Mitchell and Jamal Hill from the UFC. You're already involved. You got uh, I noticed Julio Willis, Hannah Guy from Bellator uh, already involved as well. So I mean, some some combat sports space. So why did you pick the combat sports space to to get started in? Well, those are the only sports <laughs> that we, uh, the founders, really uh, really love and are passionate about. And I mean. Uh, listen, I'm Canadian. I grew up playing hockey my entire life, but I started boxing uh, when I was about 16 or 17, opened a boxing gym with my younger brother, who's one of the co-founders. So, you know, we're diehard boxing fans. We, we The gym that we opened, uh, this is like, this like aged me a little bit, but like 15 years ago, it's still open. So, you know, we love boxing. We love MMA. Uh, we, we've trained kind of at the national level, done training camps. So we just naturally started there. And the, the four athletes that gave us the idea, they were all professional boxers and MMA fighters that, that we knew from the, the boxing gym that we owned. So that was uh, that's why we started, uh, because we're, we're just huge fans. And it's, it's kind of great to scratch your own itch. Like, we wanted to buy all this merchandise. So it was just, uh, it, it was just a great confluence of events. Yeah, I, I'm still protective of the MMA space, I think. You know what I mean? I like people that yeah. come from within the industry and build things up versus somebody that invented something somewhere else and tries to port it over to MMA because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they don't really understand our space so much. Do you feel like you bring kind of a unique perspective knowing that combat sports is, you know, your passion? Well, we get the game. We get the game. So the, the boxing gym opened when I was 22. And that was like literally my first business. And we get what fighters are dealing with. Like, for example, the the athletes that I was telling you about, one, uh, so his name's Albert Bell. He's kind of top, top rank signed, uh, literally uh, one of the best in the world. He's right now sparring with, uh, with Vasily Lemachenko. He couldn't sell online. It was like, we got to solve this for our, for our friends. And all of our friends are, are in MMA and, and boxing. And another one was Castillo Clayton. He's an Olympian competing at the highest level and we couldn't buy a shirt online. So it's like, okay, we got to solve this. And then we just thought like, how cool would it be to get a video talking about what his training camp was like or getting a video talking about, you know, his predictions for the next fights. And we, we've seen all kinds of crazy ask me anything items come in. So we've seen people like literally one guy was like, I'm betting $10,000 on the fight this weekend. I know you sparred against the guy. Tell me what's going to happen. And, you know, the guy nailed it. He got it. <laughs> so the guy won his 10 grand. <laughs> that is amazing. That's yeah. fantastic. That's cool. So here's what I think is interesting. You, you mentioned the Mayweather fight, right? And this has been such an yeah. interesting discussion. You know, how does a guy like Logan Paul get himself involved in a fight with Floyd Mayweather? Well, the answer is the guy marketed the heck out of himself, right? He made himself popular. He made people care about him. And it is such a challenge, right, in the, in the space to – to, I don't know, to get people to know you on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on social media and all that. I mean, does this feel like 
it's 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 a better opportunity or a better platform. Is that the way you see it for somebody to really, I don't know, kind of develop this personality? I'm not saying become the next Logan Paul with hijinks and that sort of thing, but to help grow your brand in a way that it maybe hasn't been able to be done before. Well, here's just a great case study or anecdote. So Bryce Mitchell was going back and forth. I think it was with Conor McGregor on Twitter over who's a better uh, fisherman in MMA. And we we were able to capitalize on that. One of, one of his fans did an AMA, asked him why he's the best uh, MMA fisherman. And that video went viral. So the fan posted it. It went viral. Now there's a shirt like uh, the, the king of uh, MMA fishing that he launched. So one of our products is in the moment merchandise where if you have a big knockout or there's a viral moment, you can literally spin up merchandise that, that'll capitalize that on that right away. And we actually saw that with the with Jake Paul grabbing Floyd's hat and then he released the line, got your hat, and was selling that online within within a few minutes. We can do that for anybody that's on our platform. So it's a huge incentive for athletes to be able to capitalize on what we're calling in the moment merchandise or, or, or those viral moments that, that all, all athletes kind of come across at some point in their career. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I think about some of the, the shirts. I remember, you know, when you talk about Mayweather, you know, the, the, the 49 and one shirts or the 50 and 0 shirts, yeah. depending on who they were right. I mean, that was a, a situation like that. So to be clear, I mean, these guys that have like a UFC fighter, for instance, you could still make unique merchandise. You just can't use the UFC brand, right? I mean, they can still use, they, they still retain the, the rights to their name, so to speak. Yeah, of course. So, so one of the guiding principles for us is we think every athlete is an entrepreneur. Uh, the, the, their business just happens to be their craft and their sport. But essentially, whether you're on a team or, or whether you're playing an individual sport or, you know, you don't play boxing or MMA, but whether you're competing in those sports, uh, you're basically responsible for your own career. You're you're responsible for branding yourself. You're responsible for building up your audience that is going to support you even even after you've retired. And the one of the with the the watch stream product, like imagine, and this is just like imagine being able to watch the the, the next fight with Mike Tyson or with 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 Conor McGregor. Uh, it would just be so much fun. And and some of the watch parties that we've been having, they're unfiltered. So you get it raw, like you're sitting with these guys and you're in their living room with them and just watching these events with them. It's like, this is so cool. Uh, we had one guy that, that had literally fought against the guy, the, the guy that was fighting and was like, okay, he's going to do this. And <laughs> sure enough, he did it. So it's like, oh man, it, it's just been so much fun. That is pretty cool. Yeah, that, that brings it to a different level. I mean, when you're watching, you know, a fight with a true expert like that, that really has the inside knowledge, you know, not just from the outside, that, that changes the game. So as far as from a fan perspective, if, if they want to take part in this, I mean, there's no membership sign up or anything like that, right? It's, there's nothing that you have to sign up for, I guess, to, to be a part of it. You can just head to the website millions.co and then you kind of select the athletes, I guess, that you want to interact with or, or help support specifically. Yeah, you would just go to any of the athlete profiles, and you'll see you'll see merchandise that they that they in some cases just dropped or is is obviously available for purchase. Then you can ask them about their training, upcoming fights, and then if they've booked an event coming up, so if they're they're doing a watch party or doing kind of like an inside my training camp type type um, type watch stream, you can just uh, literally one click and and you're in. So. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun, and it's just a really unique way for for fans to be able to connect with their with their favorite athletes. So, uh, I, we'd encourage any any athletes that are watching, you know, come create a profile. It's free, 
And, you know, you can capitalize on those viral moments. You can really connect with your fans. And it, it's awesome. Like when you sit with, with one of the pro fighters and they get an Ask Me Anything and really get to tell their story, it's a lot of fun. It's like you record a video uh, that's special to somebody else and it, it's fun to do. So it's, uh, it, it's been a great journey so far. That's awesome. And I guess should say, by the way, uh, the, the in the moment marketing type stuff. I mean, you guys actually have designers that will help do stuff. So you're not expecting these athletes to be like phenomenal graphic designers or anything like that and give you a finished product. They can kind of give you a concept. Right. And, and, and you can get you guys can get things developed. Yeah, we've got a full internal design team who specializes in 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 merchandising so we we've come up with just some like i I, i'm probably the biggest uh the biggest customer on the platform right now like i've been (laughs) buying everything because i think it's it's so cool so you know i've got gym shirts for the next you know two years but i there's there's great merchandise on there so for for any athlete yeah if you want some cool new designs or something's happening like one example that we wish we were around for like you know how many red panty night shirts connor would have sold when he dropped that like oh my god <laughs> You're so absolutely you know right anybody can do that now anyone can do it on the platform so just create a millions profile and, and we can get rocking on it oh my god i feel bad for jeremy stevens but a who the fuck is that guy shirt i'm sure would have <laughs> sold a ton of those off the too, shelves man. off the shelves yeah exactly <laughs> Cool. Well, listen, man, I, I appreciate the time, Matt, that you've given me already. I mean, I, I think the product's a great idea. I really do. Uh, when Bruce first started pitching it to me, I said, you know, that's, that's actually a really good idea. That solves a lot of problems. And I think it's, it sounds like something that, you know, could be the wave of the future. As I said, for these athletes that are really trying to develop themselves and I think are really starting to realize how important it is to brand yourself. I mean, it's not just about wins and losses anymore, right? It's it's about building that brand and 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 getting the support of the public, as you said, building an audience moving forward. So I'm pretty excited to see where you guys take this. And uh, from all accounts, uh, not to butter you up too much, but you're you're, you're a couple of sharp characters behind the scenes as well. So, so I'm excited <laughs> uh, to see where you have it. Thanks so much, man. We we love the show. We, this is like a dream come true being on with you. So uh, thanks so much for having us. Awesome, man. All the way out the door, just give us one pitch. If somebody's on the fence, they, you know, they're, I don't know, what am I, am I worried? Check it out. What's, what's the final pitch to say, come on, fans, just, just, just go check it out? Do an AMA video, and it's going to blow your mind. Like, you, you, if, if you follow and respect one of these athletes that you've seen up there, like, you know, doing a, getting a huge knockout or, or entering the cage, and then in your inbox it says your video is ready, and, and here it is. It's that athlete literally explaining how they did you know that that submission or how they got that knockout or how that opponent got picked like literally anything or you know if you want to make a bet and 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 win some cash you might want to get some expert consulting so (laughs) check it out check it out the platform it's uh it's a lot of fun that's not a bad idea it's not just entertainment it's an investment (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly all right fantastic well, i take enough of your time i appreciate it i uh, look forward to seeing how the product develops and uh, obviously keep us abreast of any news and i guess i guess we'll be seeing you out in las vegas for usc 264 i'll see you there i'll see you there i can't wait all right so i appreciate matt whitaker for the time uh listen i'm intrigued by it. millions.co we'll see how how it plays out like i said bruce buffer's a part of it uh, obviously, anything that he's a part of, man, he's trying to blow things up. And uh, I, I like it, man. If this is a way for, for fighters to kind of – it's hard to take control of that stuff sometimes. Yeah, you know what sure I mean? Is. If you can find a way to, to make some money, and this platform is, is helping it, man, uh, I, I, I think it's a good thing. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, listen, jamming to some Black Crows, which is amazing. 
<laughs> don't hear Black Crow, but, but you keep giving me these funny looks over here, and I, I, I don't I, feel I like to, it's because you're vibing from the Black Crow. I need to so clarify. I, I need to. I, 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 you know, I was. It's so funny because when you brought up the the Xenia story, it was such a big part. I remember as my childhood, like my father would talk about different tornadoes. I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna revisit. It. I look it back up, and I miss. I, I misspoke. I said it was in the 80s. It was actually 1974. Um, when it happened, this is before all the Doppler radars. April third, nineteen seventy four, was when that happened, and to just give you a scope, and, and then I'll leave it because I am fascinated about weather. I mean, but granted, I grew up around it. Um, it was uh, one uh, recount from the ground was it was three different tornadoes that combined to create one super tornado. Amazing. Literally the shit that Sci-Fi Channel would then now put, like, sharks floating through the, the tornado <laughs> and they would eat everybody up. I was thinking of that old movie Twister, and you're talking about this uh, is even Sharknado. Bigger. But, yeah, <laughs> I love Sharknado. that movie Twister. But Twister yeah. was amazing. Tw that was that. Was that. I've actually, that's one of the ones I can I can still go back and revisit every once that's in a while. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to clarify that for, for any of you weather junkies that don't already say, know about uh, it and you want to go back and look. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're excited to tease the launch of meteorologistjunkie.com. I think you guys are really going to be – Weatherjunkie.com. I think you're really going to be into this. Uh, shout out to the PFL, by the way. Uh, McDonald versus T-Bow is on right now. Uh, we got to talk to PFL officials. If they want to get featured on the road show, they got to change their scheduling. I mean, it's happening while we're, while, while we're taping. We got, we got to get, get them to move their dates. I mean, I know clearly – their entire design as a business is to be featured on the MMA Roadshow, and we can't do that if your fight's going to be on Thursday night. So Let's work that out. Just throwing that out there. All right, UFC on ESPN 25. We'll be out there covering it. The UFC Apex just down the street here. Ah, It's been good. Buffalo Wild Wings, Warren Springs, and Durango. I got to say, this is what the show is supposed to feel like. God bless every one of you that have stuck with us for the past year during the pandemic. The, the palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee, they're fantastic. But this is the vibe that the MMA Roadshow is all supposed to be about. I, and, I, and I shook the 40-minute drive it took them to get it because of the Vegas traffic. Sir. People are back on the roads. Some, he made People some, are back on the roads. My man needs to use Waze or something, man. He, he, took, he clearly Speaking took of, the Speaking of, I did way. use Waze because I didn't know that. Somehow I turned it on. I was like, because randomly, my photo was in the passenger seat and it was face down because of the charging thing doesn't work great. So I always have to like lay the cord so it's yeah, like yeah. causing friction to charge, whatever. So it was put down and I must have accidentally kicked off the Waze app because I was driving down a road and it said crossroad ahead. Okay. I was like, why did my phone just That is say my that? one complaint about Waze. It's like once you turn it on, it never goes off. Mm -hmm. So like I feel like once you get to your destination, it should close itself. And I understand there's probably a reason it does that to, to you know, get some kind of advertising your day, generate revenue or yeah. steal all your information. I like Waze, but Waze, shut yourself up, man, because it does yeah. that. You'll get to your destination, it'll just stay open, and next thing you know, it's like approaching a crossroad, approaching a railroad. Like, <laughs> like I'm Waze, I didn't restaurant. ask for you, Waze. Leave me alone. Hey, by the way, trafficappjunkie.com, coming to you soon. We're launching that. <laughs> <laughs> right after the weather app. Right after meteorologistjunkie.com. Yeah. We're busy. We got big things going. Patreon.com slash the Roadshow. Support that. That's what matters. And most importantly, thanks for listening.